This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show, everyone. Sorry I wasn't live after the game. I actually fell ill, so I was sick and not able to do a live reaction show. And Saturday was a little tough as well, but I'm starting to feel better. And so I thought I would get on here and and go through the 49ers game a little bit, but talk about some stock up 49ers because there were players in this game, and we had talked about it last week, that we're going to have to make an impact in this game to have an opportunity to potentially make this roster. With 34 locks for the 49ers, there was 19 spots up for grabs. There was some clarity with some of the injuries that came down. Unfortunately, uh, players were hurt. And because of those injuries, it's going to make it uh, difficult for them to make the team and maybe a little bit easier for the 49ers to be able to put players on the IR and potentially... Uh, you know, redshirt them. So there's a little bit more clarity on the roster. Of course, we're going to have to end up talking about the projection of the 53-man roster. That will be coming on the next episode. But I think this is a time to discuss who made a move at the game, uh, who played well, and, you know, is it enough? Is it going to be enough for them to be able to make the team? Uh, thanks so much for watching. Like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. If you're listening on 49ers Cutback on Believe, uh, please give it a five-star rating. It's available on all audio platforms. And, of course, Red and Bold Show with me and Mark Adams coming soon to the PSF app. So lots of things coming your way, not to mention broke down the starting offense, all 22 film. That's available over on Patreon. Go check that out. It was a lot of interesting things. I go real in-depth. The way I used to break down film with my players and how exactly you know players could have done things differently or how they executed at a high level. And it's always a fun conversation. So if you want to go do that, 40 yards cutback on Patreon, you can check that out. Link is in the description section. If you're listening on audio platforms, there's a link to the link tree, which has it available on there. So let's talk about this game a little bit. This game, of course, had a weird feel to it with the trade of Trey Lance going to the Dallas Cowboys. And I thought you could kind of feel that uh, per, uh, permeating through the crowd. It felt like it when I was watching the broadcast. It, I watched the broadcast back. I've watched the All-22. Um, and you could just definitely feel there's a different energy. A lot of it, though, is players wanted to come out and be successful. There were some that just wanted to get out healthy, right? Those, those locks, they just want to get out of the game healthy. 
Those other ones that were fighting for their career. And I think you kind of felt that. And it, it was an interesting game. And I thought that there were some good performances that came out of the game. And that's what I want to highlight is some of those good performances for these 49ers team. And I thought that the player that really stood out the most to me was Deshaun Jameson. And I think Deshaun Jameson needed to stand out because with the way that Q Knight had been handling himself, it was starting to become a competition in my eyes for one reason and one reason only. And that is that Q Knight's versatility, his ability to play nickel safety uh, and his ability to tackle on special teams. And I thought with Deshaun Jameson, though he had been really sticky in coverage and done a good job, that I wondered if they wanted their sixth corner to be somebody with versatility like Q Knight or somebody that was a sticky coverage guy like Deshaun Jameson. So was it the, the, the good cover guy or the versatility? And I thought Deshaun Jameson answered the questions that I've had for him about coming up and being able to stop uh, the run game. He was very good at setting the edge in the other games that I had watched, but in this one, he was also sticking his head right where he was supposed to be in run fits that even took himself inside. So I thought that Deshaun Jameson did a lot in this football game. I had predicted on my last 53-man roster that Deshaun Jameson's going to make this roster, and I kind of started to waver with how Q Knight has been playing recently and with his versatility. I thought Deshaun Jameson really did a good job of making sure the 49ers feel like they have to keep him on the roster. Anytime you have a corner that's out on the field and you just don't hear their name when it comes to receivers catching the football, you take a second notice, and that's what he's done. He is very solid in coverage. He doesn't give up a lot of space. He drives on footballs, and it was real clear in the fourth quarter, Max Duggan threw a ball outside, and he stared down the receiver, and Jameson absolutely baited him and ran up on the football, nearly had a pick six. I guarantee you Coach Steve Wilkes is not happy about that. He wasn't happy the week before when Womack didn't get the pick six, and he won't be happy that Deshaun Jameson didn't get the pick six. But I think you could take a lot away from what Jameson did. Driving on that football and putting himself in that position was a fantastic play. So Deshaun Jameson is stock up for the 49ers, and it could be stock in uh, to this 49ers 53-man roster because I thought he did a really good job and he was tackling, uh, but just not really having any throws go his way. And you, you can't really test him. He can't get pass breakups if they don't throw his way. The one time they did, he almost had a pick six. Uh, so I think that there is a potential of him developing into an absolute superstar, but he has to keep developing his techniques, getting better, and overcome the size advantage. Uh, for receivers. So there's going to be a lot of receivers he's going to go against in this league that are going to be bigger. Can he stay sticky enough to force a a quarterback to not want to throw his way? But at six, as a six cornerback, I think he's a very solid player for the 49ers. And I thought he did a good job of helping himself. Flipping over to the offensive side of the ball, a guy that I thought really did a good job of helping himself in this game was Matt Pryor. The Broncos game showed Pryor had bounced way back from the Raiders game, and this game he took it even further. He's good in pass protection. He's good against the run. He wasn't getting caught in the way like he was against the Raiders where it looked like his lines in the run game were a little off, and he was a little slow getting to where he needed to get. So the 49ers did a good job. Chris Furster and this offensive line has done a good job of helping Matt Pryor get to where he needs to get, and I thought he did a really good job of improving his stock and making it more difficult for the 49ers to potentially choose Jalen Moore over him or even an inside guy like Nick Sakel 
over keeping Matt Pryor. I think Pryor's done a good job of showing that he's a very solid, capable backup. Now, we never got to see him play left tackle, just like we never got to see Jalen Moore play right tackle. I think that signals to me that there's probably a very good chance that Matt Pryor and Jalen Moore make this roster. I'm not ready to confirm it yet until I do my active or my 53-man roster prediction, but I think it's a really big possibility because having a guy on the right side and left side makes it a lot easier as far as practice goes. Now, we're not learning uh, the different steps that you've got to learn and the different uh, types of ways you move and everything. It's a little bit different from right to left. So I think that Pryor potentially earned himself a roster spot with the Broncos and Chargers preseason games. I thought he did a really good job, and it was a huge bounce back from what we saw from the Raiders. So good for him. Stacking good reps means uh, making himself a consistent player, which is really what Chris Furster is looking for is consistency, and I thought he did a really good job. Now his counterpart, Jalen Moore, stock up. I've been a fan of Jalen Moore all throughout the preseason. I thought he looked good in training camp. I was definitely disappointed when he got hurt with the bone bruise and missed time because I thought he could have carried what he was doing in training camp right into the preseason. And I think a lot of people would have saw what I saw in Jalen Moore, and I think they saw it in this game against the Chargers. Jalen Moore played fantastic. He was really good in pass protection. He was moving people in the run game. There wasn't the communication issues between him and Banks or between him and Zakel. I thought he did a good job. It was a very solid performance, and I think he put himself right in position to make this 49ers roster as the sixth uh, offensive lineman or seventh, depending on where you put John Feliciano. So I thought that was a, a nice play overall for Moore, who does have inside-out potential so if they wanted to move on from another inside player they could have more as a guy that could play both but if they elect to keep nine it'll be two on the outside two on the inside so i think it's something that when we start looking at the numbers uh, then you can determine which players play well but that's what you have to do you have to make it very difficult for a coach to uh, move on from you and i thought Jalen moore and matt Pryor definitely did a very good job along the offensive line and i think they uh, are pushing for roster spots. We know for sure one of them will make it, but now it appears with the way that they've played, potentially both of them will make it, which I think is good news for the 49ers. It's hard to find good offensive linemen in this league, and the 49ers potentially have two solid offensive tackles that they can count on you know, during the season. And a lot of the question marks about offensive line depth maybe have been answered. Feliciano's played well. Now Matt Pryor and Jalen Moore play well. So that's good news. Those those are the, the first three guys in. If you suffer more than three injuries along your offensive line, it's going to be tough anyway. So uh, solid for the 49ers. I like what those guys have done. And I think that's solid, you know, overall, how you're building your offensive line. I think Furster likes right and left tackles. And now if they decide to keep these guys, they could they're definitely have the guys to be able to do it. So let's talk defensive line. Because... I've been talking about Kerry Hyder for a while as a potential guy the 49ers could release and then bring back. I still think that's a possibility. But let me say this. Kerry Hyder absolutely stole the show in this game. If you go watch his highlights, the guy was spectacular. He was flying around the field. He was making tackles. He was getting to the quarterback. Kerry Hyder looked the best I've seen Kerry Hyder since 2020 the COVID year where he came out and he tore it up once Nick Bosa went down. Uh, Kerry Hyder looked fantastic. And 
A lot of this is Hyder played inside last year because of injury. And now he's back to the normal natural position. But his instincts of when to just understand where the play was going and abandon and go inside and make plays, it was on display. Kerry Hyder was full force uh, making a huge impact in this game. And I thought it was huge stock up for Kerry Hyder. So if Kerry Hyder isn't willing to go with the 49ers, you know, thought process of maybe putting him, you know, uh, releasing him and then signing him the next day, then just don't because you can't lose Kerry Hyder. I thought he looked absolutely fantastic. Huge stock up for Hyder who was doing it all and looking pretty athletic while doing it. The fact that he was able to get into Easton Sticks' legs on one of those plays uh, was was huge because normally Hyder struggles to get to quarterbacks. He didn't in this scenario. So, Harry Hyder, stock up. A counterpart to him, Austin Bryant. I thought Austin Bryant had a very good preseason. I thought Raiders, Broncos, Chargers, every single one of them, he played really well. He set the edge well against the run. He got after the quarterback well. Did he always get home? No. But what he did was he forced quarterbacks to step up. He forced them to move inside the pocket. He got on the move and chased them down. He was a constant force as far as disruption against opposing quarterbacks. And I thought he did a really good job also against the run. When you're playing and setting the edge like that, you also have to be able to squeeze it down if an offensive player vacates and take on a puller, whether that is a guard or a tackle or tight end. And I thought he did really good at job, really good at that. He had good eyes, good recognition. He understood what his job was within this 49ers defense. And I thought he operated at a high level. So we got two guys in the rotation for the 49ers in Austin Bryant and Kerry Hyder that played so well. And I thought that is exactly what the 49ers needed. They needed these guys to develop and step up. And now there can be less question marks about the overall depth of the 49ers defensive end spot. Of course, you still have the glaring need uh, for you know Nick Bosa not being there. The 49ers right now were hoping are hoping Bosa is going to be back, and you can go Bosa. And then there was always a question mark who was going to play next to him. But right now, you know you could potentially have two guys that you don't really uh, or one guy that you don't really want to start. You want him to be a rotational piece. But I think Kerry Hyder did a good job of maybe securing that spot if Bosa is not available week one. Still hoping Bosa is going to be available week one. But let's talk about Cleveland Farrell because I think Cleveland Farrell has played himself into a starting job. Uh, I had always thought it was a potential for him to be able to start and he proved it. He's able to set the edge in the run, which is very important. You have to be able to do that. You have to be able to get after the quarterback. He does that at a high level. He can do all the stunts you want to do. He has the flexibility to move inside on obvious pass downs. There's a lot to like about Cleveland Farrell, and I thought he's done a good job. If Nick Bosa's back, Cleveland Farrell's going to start opposite of Nick Bosa week one at Pittsburgh. If Bosa's not back, I expect it to be Cleveland Farrell and Kerry Hyder that start in that football game. So hopefully Bosa's back. I would don't want to dip into the rotation, but Farrell's hand technique, his skills, bending the corner, setting the edge in the run, squeezing plays down, it's just been technically sound. He's been a very diligent technician with his hands, with his balance. And I think overall he's proved how good he is as an NFL defensive end. So Cleveland Farrell, to me, done a very good job. Uh, he was a, not a very expensive player. So the four yards have a cheap option opposite of Nick Bosa. But Farrell, Austin Bryant, and Kerry Hyder 
can make everyone rest easy now about the depth at defensive end because of how well they've uh, matured and played over the last three weeks in the preseason. But I think how they've proven it all through training camp has been very nice to see. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Next up is going to be a wide receiver. And it's hard to say a wide receiver is stock up when they didn't play the whole game when they came out because of injury. But I think Chris Conley stock up. We've consistently seen this guy just make plays. And he gets deep down the field on a nice vertical route. Sam Darnold drops it in the bucket. He dives and makes the catch. The good news for Chris Conley is that he was uh, deemed to be day-to-day. And it's nothing more serious. Now, how the 49ers go about getting Chris Conley to the roster could be a little bit more interesting. Because the likelihood is Danny Gray and Raymond McLeod are going to get carried to this 53-man roster. If you carry Ronnie Bell as well, that means you're keeping six wide receivers. Now, the day after, you could free up some roster spots by making a couple of moves. You could move Danny Gray to the IR. You could move Ray Ray McLeod to the IR. So let's say the 49ers do that. Then they could add Chris Conley to the active roster. So Conley might be a veteran that the 49ers go to with this type of role. I've heard some say he could end up on the practice squad, and maybe that's a possibility. And if they talk to Chris Conley and he says he'll go to the practice squad, do it. Uh, that gives you a lot of flexibility on your roster to be able to move guys around. I think Conley has been really close to earning a 53-man roster spot. I think the Danny Gray injury uh, clouded things up a little bit, but now I think it's clear. I think you're going to carry those guys that we talked about to the active roster, but I think Conley did a really good job, and the 49ers are going to want to keep him in San Francisco. They're not going to want to lose him. They're going to want to make sure they do everything they can to make him happy, make him comfortable, and feel him feel good about coming back. Because with his size, his speed, and his blocking ability, he's a major, uh, major player for the 49ers, especially in the first couple of weeks where they could be potentially missing Ray Ray McLeod, and we know they're probably going to be missing Danny Gray. Just having that physicality, the understanding, the veteran leadership is going to be important. And another receiver that's in the same category is Willie Sneed. Willie Sneed is just a solid NFL football player. Uh, that catch he made in the back of the end zone from Sam Darnold was fantastic. Got the toe or the feet down, inbounds, uh, the balance, his ability on special teams to handle the kickoff and, and punt return if needed is definitely something the 49ers need. And then also the blocking. So he's just a really solid football player. And I think that's what the 49ers are going to kind of drift towards to for week one. I think Willie Sneed ends up on the 49ers practice squad, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's not elevated for week one. I think the question marks about who's elevated for week one, though, come down to kicker. Uh, And part of that reason is Jake Moody hurt. Zane Gonzalez hurt. I think the 49ers fully planned keeping Jake Moody to the active roster signing Zane Gonzalez to the practice squad and then elevating him and allowing him to kick. Now you can't do that because uh, Zane Gonzalez is hurt as well. So the 49ers are going to have to try out kickers, which they are. 
and they're going to sign a kicker to the practice squad. It is guaranteed. Jake Moody's going to get carried to the 53-man roster. They're going to release Zane Gonzalez, and then they're going to sign a kicker. If Jake Moody's unable to kick week one in Pittsburgh, the kicker from the practice squad will be elevated, and that will determine which other players are elevated as well. Because you have the potential of elevating a wide receiver like Willie Sneed or Chris Conley, uh, but you have other positions you might want to elevate a player as well. So decisions are going to have to be made, and the complexity of those decisions has gotten more difficult with some of these injuries the 49ers are trying to navigate through right now at this point in the season. But I think Sneed and Conley are part of this roster one way or the other, whether it's how I originally thought Conley ends up being signed to the roster, to the 53-man roster, once they put Gray on the practice or Gray on the IR, or they him and Sneed could both be on the practice squad. I think those are possibilities. Another wide receiver I thought stock up, which may get him an invite onto the practice squad, was Isaiah Winstead. I thought Isaiah Winstead did a really good job in this football game. We saw it in week one of the preseason against the Raiders. We saw it in week three against the Chargers. Uh, the second game against the Broncos, we didn't really see him show up and show out. Now, the question marks for Isaiah Winstead, because I think the 49ers like him, is how many guys do the 49ers keep on the practice squad as wide receivers? Of course, if they're keeping Conley and Sneed, uh, they're probably only keeping one potential young guy, which would either be Tay Martin or Isaiah Winstead. If they sign Conley to the active roster, then they could keep Sneed and Tay Martin and maybe Winstead. So I think it's going to be tough for Isaiah Winstead to get one of these 17 uh, player roster spots on the practice squad. We know Alfredo will be one of them. So 16 spots available. How many offensive linemen? How many defensive linemen? It's going to be interesting to see the way it's constituted. One spot may have freed up if the 49ers decide to put Taylor Hawkins on the IR and rest uh, and redshirt him for the entire season because he broke his hand. I think they would have loved to have had him on the practice squad and had the ability to elevate him if needed. But with that broken hand, it might be smart for the 49ers to shut him down and make sure they keep him a part of their roster going into next year. He could be in the building. He won't be able to practice, but it does ensure that you'll have Taylor Hawkins next year. You don't have to worry about, number one, somebody uh, claiming him on waivers, or number two, potentially somebody signing him off the practice squad. Now, of course, the 49ers could waive him knowing that a team's not going to want to put him on the active roster and then just sign him to the practice squad and put him on practice squad IR. That's also a possibility. We'll see how the 49ers end up handling the situation with Taylor Hawkins, and I think the practice squad is going to be very fluid from week to week, and we've seen the 49ers do this, rotate players all the way through. They're just going to have an absolutely stacked practice squad uh, because with everyone cutting players all at once, you'll probably get a couple of guys from other teams, but for the most part, you're going to be signing your own guys that you had to go ahead and, and wave and release, and like John Lynch said on the telecast, this is the development process, and the 49ers feel really good about their development and why shouldn't they with players like Aziz uh, Shire that came through the development process, Demetrius Flanagan Fowles. Uh, there's been plenty of guys who have stepped up. Emmanuel Mosley, another one, who they had as an undrafted free agent who end up making an impact for their football team. So draft and development, yes, but also uh, these guys on the practice squad and development is a key reason why the 49ers continue to grow and build a very strong roster. Next up is D-Winners. I thought it was stock up. Yes, he got caught up inside on a 
um, a read option from Max Duggan, and Duggan was able to get around the outside, and he he was definitely supposed to have outside contain. When that defensive end crashes, that outside linebacker's got to get up up the field and make a play, and Isaiah Oliver was trying to get outside. I think he was expecting uh, to be able to get across. He carried a, a wide receiver inside, and so it made a little bit of a difficult situation. Both those guys need to play those better. However, I do believe that the winner's athleticism, speed was on display. There was a couple of times he made tackles inside the box where he stacked, stacked, and then flew upfield and made the tackle. And I thought he really exploded and looked good. Overall, I thought he had a tremendous preseason. And that's exactly what you want to do. And I thought there was more consistency from D. Winters. He's still good in coverage. He's great at tackling. Uh, so, yeah, he's, he's moving on up, uh, in my opinion. Stock up 49ers. He's definitely on the way up. So I thought D. Winters did a good job of trying to elevate himself, you know, potentially go where he needs to go. Now, one stock up guy who's not getting so much to stock up from anything he's doing in the receiving area, but he's doing a pretty good job blocking is Braden Willis. So Braden Willis was blocking pretty well. I thought stock up for him. Uh, another reason to stock up is because Cameron Latu uh, towards meniscus. And I'm not, I, I'm not saying it uh, to be you know negative towards Cameron Latu. I would have loved to see Latu. I think everyone knows how I feel about the player, but I think the 49ers could potentially redshirt Cameron Latu now. And so that kind of puts Braden Wilson in a different category. The conversation has been all offseason, can these two guys supplant the veterans? Well, then it was, can you know one of these guys at least supplant the veterans? Well, now it comes to a situation where the 49ers probably have a more clear idea of what they could do at the tight end room because Cameron Latu is going to have to have surgery because of his meniscus. So with Braden Wilson's positive play and Cameron Latu potentially being out of the picture, I think it does help the stock of Braden Willis. We'll see if the 49ers ultimately end up waving Braden Willis and trying to get him to the practice squad. That's still a possibility. I don't think he played tremendously uh, good enough to say, hey, there's absolutely no way this can happen. I do think there's a chance he ends up on the 49ers active 53-man roster, and then they make some sort of adjustments to their roster with Dwelly or whoever. Uh, but signing a tight end to the practice squad and then having them play week one got a lot more difficult because of the kicker situation, uh, because of the wide receiver position. So uh, it's not a for sure that the 49ers could cut a, a tight end and then bring them back to the practice squad and have them elevated. You're only allowed to elevate two players. So it's making it a little bit more diluted and difficult. The hope would definitely be Jake Moody's healthy. If he is, you could easily elevate a wide receiver and a tight end and call it a day. Uh, so we'll see what the 49ers end up doing. But I definitely think this thing has gotten a little bit more interesting Braden Willis is going to have a little bit more of an opportunity because of Cameron Latu's uh, meniscus. But let's see if they end up waving him. The other one is Q Knight. And you might as well just put Q Knight on stock up 49ers every single game. Q Knight flies around. He makes tackles. He makes an impact in every game he's in. The versatility to play free safety, to play nickel corner. Uh, he's, he's a guy that has to be a part of the 49ers organization. I think his shot was potentially overtaking Deshaun Jameson, but you guys heard at the beginning of the episode, the way that Deshaun Jameson played, the way he tackled in this football game, there's just no way that Q Knight can overtake him. And with George Odom's injury, uh, as long as Odom's going to be ready to go week one, I think that they're going to go with the four safeties of uh, Hufanga, Gibson, Jair Brown, and George Odom. And so I don't think Quantrez is going to be able to make the team. I think Quantrez is going to be on the 49ers practice squad. And at some point, they may need him. We'll see. 
And once again, this is just unfortunate, but Q Knight has proven how versatile and talented he is. I'm just hoping that he's going to get another opportunity at some point. And if he's on the 49ers practice squad and they need somebody to come up, I think he's got enough of attention of the 49ers brass now that they'll count on him. So Q Knight doing a good job of continuing to build uh, what he does. And he's he's just flashing. I mean, the guy is good in run fits. He's good in coverage. He's just he's just a good player. And the instincts are off the chart. And at some point, maybe he'll get his opportunity. And so you just don't know. Uh, but he's definitely one of my favorite players on the team because of the way he goes about his business and the way that he operates. But right now, he's not one of the top, you know, ten players in the in the DB room. And that's what's making it difficult for him to be able to make the team because the four yards keep stacking talent. And I think they have some tough decisions to make at corner. I think Deshaun Jameson cleared up some of those. But overall, I mean, this 49ers roster is going to be fun. I can't wait to break down who I believe the four years are going to keep on their 53-man roster. That'll be the next episode that comes out. I hope you guys are all excited uh, for that, the 53-man roster prediction. Then, of course, on Tuesday, when all the news starts coming out, if you uh, hop on over to YouTube, I'm going to go live. I'm going to talk about everyone that is getting released and waived. It's it's going to be an interesting day. It's always fun to see who the 53-man roster is. And then at the same time, it's tough because you got guys who are, you know, kind of their careers going a path they weren't hoping. Their dream is to play in the NFL. Some guys are getting told no. Some guys are getting told not right now. And some guys are getting told, hey, this is your time. And for them, it's it's exciting. And for everybody else, it's, hey, man, I got I to gotta keep grinding. I got to keep working. And so it's tough in one category, and it's exciting in another because once the 49ers officially determine who their 53-man roster is, then we get to talk about Pittsburgh. And so a lot of this week is going to be dedicated to roster building and how the 49ers went about building their roster. But as we trend into uh, next week, as we turn into game week for the Pittsburgh Steelers, the full focus is going to go on playing Pittsburgh, the matchups, all of that. So I hope you guys all come through for all the content that's coming up. Once again, sorry I was sick and not able to do the reaction show. If you have questions about that, you can always ask me, and I'll try to get another video out there to you guys or even go live. We'll see how it goes, uh, just depending on how my schedule works out this week. But thank you guys so much for watching. I really appreciate it. Uh, I'll catch you guys on the next one. Until then, stay safe and remember the right way is always the 49ers way.